Patty and Dayton with Guided by Voices and Game of Pricks. Also heard from Jazz Butcher with Burglar of Love. And since I needed a potty break, that was The Smiths with Meat is Murder. Tonight on Air Checks at 7.30, it's the freshest stop for modern rock with new music from The Stranglers. And also, happy Mondays. Always new music and air checks Monday through Friday at 7.30 here at 97X. Dave. The future of rock and roll. Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave. Yeah, air checks tonight. Uh, no, no, not tonight. Yeah. No, sorry. We're not on the air anymore. You always do this. You think you're still on the air at 97X, the future of rock and roll, but no. You're in your palatial estate. I'm in my basement, a.k.a. the Party Dungeon. And we're doing a podcast about our days on 97X. But 97X is no more. Sorry. There's no new Stranglers or Happy Mondays to look forward to? No, there isn't. But I do have some good news for you. Our podcast is actually the seventh fastest growing podcast about defunct radio stations. All right. And we have a listenership that's in the tens. So the good news, I have more good news for you, Dave. Um, We have a gentleman joining us, actually from sort of kind of the competition, but he and his older brother, uh, his older brother turned him on to 97X and he tuned in and he's been ruined for life because of that listening to 97X. It's Matt Lacefield. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, talk us through, I mentioned a little bit about your older brother and, and your uh, introduction to 97X and where it led you. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, my experience and exposure to 97X goes back to probably when I was 12 to 14-ish and, you know, heard the sounds coming down the hallway from my brother's room. And uh, before that, it was pretty much just like, you know, easy listening, top 40, go to sleep kind of music. And these new sounds coming down the hallway just totally attracted me and, and drug me in. So um, that was kind of my beginning. And and then you got hooked, though. So you wound up, uh, you went to college, worked on air there. Talk us through that part of your radio experience. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I graduated uh, high school in 1991 and uh, spent a little time at Kent State up north, and um, second semester there, I got involved in their uh, Carrier Current record or, uh, radio station. And if you're not familiar with Carrier Current for listeners, uh, basically just broadcasts to the buildings there on campus. And uh, you could pretty much pick it up in the common area of each dormitory. And if you had a toaster or uh, a toaster oven in your dorm room, you could sometimes pick it up there in your room. But that was about the extent of it. Um, and that's where I kind of learned the ropes, so to speak. Then uh, I left uh, Kent State after a year or so and came back here, uh, lived at home for the next few summers. And of course, 97X was always on the air. So it was always providing that constant soundtrack and influence. Uh, But late at night, I was flipping the channels and had heard another source of this music coming out of the radio and had no idea what it was. But um turns out it was another local radio station uh, down at Xavier University and uh, was uh, being broadcast from an NPR station there, WVXU. And overnight between midnight and 6 a.m., they had a program called Night Waves. And uh, for two or three weeks, I kind of tuned into them. No offense to 97X. 
Um, and I uh, heard one of the DJs there say they were looking for people to fill some overnight spots. And I wasn't working at the time. So I said, what the heck? I called him up uh, a few days later. I was down there sitting behind the desk there and learning the NPR way of life. So uh, that kind of opened up my eyes to the whole NPR end of the spectrum and um, provided me another outlet to um, expand my musical knowledge and really, um, for me personally, gave me an outlet to play music that um, wasn't really being heard on the airwaves anywhere else. 97X had a couple of programs late at night as well. And uh, we just, with Nightwaves, we kind of just took that and ran with it. So um, really had a great time doing that. Now, now, when you started at uh, NPR and VXU, uh, did they give you your introductory turtleneck? Uh, it was more like an ascot. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I the tote bag. For an... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. All right. Well, back when you were listening the first time that your brother Phil turned you on to 97X and when you came back from Kent State, what are some of the musical artists that got you hooked into the station? Into 97X? Yes, first 97X, then 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 explain the difference, uh, what you did at Nightwaves. Yeah, 97X, um, well, if I could give credit to Phil, he kind of turned me on to, uh, we'll say, Husker Du and the Smiths and the replacements. Um, so, you know, the pillars of alternative rock uh, was where it kind of started. Um, and as far as that, if you get a little bit more specific into the Husker Du and the replacements, it was more later day with warehouse songs and stories and um, pleased to meet me with, with the replacements. So um, that was kind of like where I was starting to come of age and get the introduction. Um, and then I honestly worked backwards from there uh, to get caught up on all of the legacy catalog prior to those, those albums. Um, so that's kind of where, you know, Phil kind of got me hooked in and he had all this music in his room. And when he was away out of the country uh, as an exchange student for a year, left a lot of his music there. So you know, sorry, Phil, but I pretty much had free reign to his room and his music <laughs> library there. So I pillaged and pirated and um, immersed myself into the whole alternative modern rock scene at the time. With him being, you know, a couple years older than me, um, when he came back, that was about the time, the age that I was making that transition out of high school and into the whole Nightwaves um, world. So with Nightwaves, it was more, um, you know, we're talking like, one of the first bands that I heard there was the first ride EP. And um, it was just like, you know, I, I had heard the Jesus and Mary chain before, but I had never really heard anything more noisier than, than say barbed wire kisses. Uh, so ride really just kind of attracted me. And then, you know, I would hear a few more songs, but the DJs either wouldn't announce the back songs or uh, my tape would run out so I wouldn't catch who it was. So I'd have to listen for a, a few days or weeks just to see if they would repeat. And um, that's kind of what hooked me. Um, with Nightwaves, just laying at home listening would be things like, you know, Ride and the Jesus Lizard, a lot more harder edged, cutting edge, you know, the Touch and Go label. They were, they were getting serviced by the Touch and Go um, and by Matador, early Matador. So uh, a lot of those artists were getting played heavy there. And that's what attracted me. And uh, when I got down there, um, started doing my own show on the weekends, um, saw the incredible music library, vinyl and CD, both was just amazing. And I had never seen a library like that, not even at Kent State 
in the time I was there. So um, you can imagine me being, you know, 19 years old and the doors just blown wide open to this whole world of music discovery was incredible. That's awesome. So uh, it's like a kid in a candy store, so to speak. How long were you yeah. on air at Nightwaves? Um, Nightwaves lasted for me about four and a half years. Wow. And how, like one shift a week or how often were you on? I had a permanent, um, I started out 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Saturday night. So dead center of the weekend, the worst possible shift you could probably have on a weekend. Uh, but in hindsight, as those first, I, I think I had that midnight or the, the 3 to 6 a.m. shift for uh, about six months. And I found actually it worked out really well because I could go to shows in Clifton at Sudsies or Bogarts, Top Cats. They would end at midnight and then I would have, you know, half an hour or so to make the hike over to Xavier and have a chance to ease in and, and prepare for a three to six a.m. show. Yeah. So uh, it, it worked out in the end. Now, uh, there were some times where we had almost riot and rumbles from, let's say, Matt Sledge or some of the people who worked overnights at 97X with the VXU people. I, I remember one time uh, some Green Township police had to a, had a scatter us from a, I believe it was a McDonald's parking lot or Taco Bell. It was going to be, it was going to be ugly. Well, it was mostly the finger snapping and the choreographed dancing that Matt Sledge did that made Matt Lacefield just like quake in his boots. You know, I, I had to, after a while, make a public designation between the sledge and the Lacefield characters. We, we had to make public appearances in the same room just to make sure people understood that we were not the same person. I love it. And, and you know, it, it, like as part of 97X, I mean, we knew Nightwaves was there and there were folks there. And it's like, in hindsight, the city was blessed to have different avenues for alternative music. I mean, most... Most cities of Cincinnati size probably were lucky to have one. We had a couple. And then later, when WNKU came on, you know, we a little more of the singer-songwriter type, but songs you're not going to hear anywhere else. Absolutely. And, you know, that it brings to mind one of the benefits that we had working at VXU and as an NPR station, and I don't know how familiar you guys were even with the station um, and how they broadcasted. We had our core transmitter here in Cincinnati down off of 71, uh, but we also had five or six repeater stations um, in the Columbus area, down in Maysville, Kentucky, um, in Indiana, and one all the way up in Manistee, Michigan. So, and each one of those repeater stations had about a 50 to 75 mile repeater broadcast radius. So not only could we broadcast in Cincinnati, um, but I would get phone calls at, you know, 4.30 in the morning from a guy sorting mail. Uh, up in Circleville saying, hey, man, you know, you guys are doing great. He would make requests. I'm on my my listening on my Walkman. And those were the kind of people that, you know, I would get those phone calls at all hours of the night. And that's what was really my payoff was just to know that I was reaching listeners outside of the Cincinnati area. So, yeah, very cool. And and it's a different breed of listener. I, I, don't, I, I can't even describe. Yeah, they're just a totally different brand of, uh, of listener and that was always the best feedback that I could get when they would call in at, you know, early hours in the morning. And just to know that people were actually alive and listening. Now I have a question for you, Matt, 
you know, you're a big audiophile. You're into finding new music. Uh, it's still, you know, excited to find something or discovering something new. Where do you have to go to find new music now? Well, I could tell you, but um, you know where that would end up. So, uh, no, I, I honestly, I do a lot of digging. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of digital digging on uh, various websites, uh, music blogs. Um, I will be the first to admit publicly that uh, there are a lot of file sharing sites that I will go to mainly just to read the reviews. And a lot of them have links to the Bandcamp sites for the artists or to their uh, artist web pages. Um, some of them will even have links to uh, artist curated playlists on Spotify or Amazon. Um, so that's where I do a lot of my digging is on those curated playlists or on those curated music blogs uh, where they're posting new music. And I've gone everywhere from, you know, like I said, Bandcamp has been my kind of go to lately um, to buy and, and search for music because the Bandcamp model is set up um, to be best suited uh, for bands to make a profit um outside of the streaming services but yeah i mean I, I do a lot of digging that way i do a lot of digging in record stores if i'm out traveling and we have time to swing in uh, yeah I, I seek it all out wherever i can now the good news is your hard work is helping some other people be lazy and pays off because you have started uh, a podcast uh, that i've tuned into the, the first one and I have to say, in the Southwest Ohio area, it's the second best podcast. <laughs> I will um, agree with that. So, but but it was great because I discovered three acts. Just listened to your first. Was it about an hour long podcast? Yeah. You tell us about it. Just over an hour long, the first one. And to be honest, that was the pilot that um, I put together a few weeks ago. I, I, yeah, it's called the Unfamiliar. And um, the website link is the-unfamiliar.com uh, for listeners that want to check it out. Um, I don't have a set schedule on when I'm going to release everything. I kind of loosely am thinking maybe, you know, once a month, but uh, depends on how much stuff I accumulate throughout the month. I may do one in between uh, and do a little more frequently. Um, also, just personal time um, permitting. So, um, you know, I still have a busy day job and uh, family life. So it's really just a labor of love for me to to be able to have another outlet and create another outlet for myself just to get this stuff in my head out and to share it with other people. Um, and that was kind of, you know, the whole ethos with my Nightwaves gig was to just play music that wasn't going to get played on radio anywhere else um, to expose it to people that would not otherwise hear it or be exposed to it, whether it's by listening on the radio or going to see shows. So hopefully, um, you know, that kind of continues on and carries over from my podcast. Yeah, it's very cool. So give us that website once again. It is the T-H-E hyphen unfamiliar.com. Which is, the name came from uh, a ride song, right? That, that It first, did. Yeah. Yeah, I um, was out walking um, one morning and I do a lot of brainstorming um, in two places, when I'm in the shower and when I'm walking. Um, shower was not proving very fruitful that day, so I went for a walk and had come up with a few ideas in my head, but nothing really seemed like it stuck. And then I just thought, you know, what is it really that I'm wanting to do with this? It's just to introduce people to something that is not familiar to them right now. And that's where it kind of came from. And then, of course, the musical Rolodex of lyrics in my head started spinning. What kind of lyrics could I pull from? And boom, there was the unfamiliar. And uh, the unfamiliar um, 
song was uh, one of Ride's earlier tracks after that first EP was released uh, for their first album. And it just kind of stuck and it made sense. So the whole idea is, like I said, just to share music um, with people that may not otherwise be familiar with all this other stuff that's out there. I, I, I'm a little bit worried now, Dave, because, you know, like, so 97X did Overnights and then Matt's at Night Waves. Then we're doing a podcast and now Matt's doing a podcast. It's like, I don't know. He's taking us out. I feel like he already has more listeners than we do. Uh, and also, I have to give it up for Matt. He's got uh, the best vinyl collection uh, that I've seen anywhere. And the reason why I can say I see it, he posts quite often on Facebook what he's playing. And you, how, how many albums do you think you have? You know, I, I honestly don't uh, know exactly. Um, I have a lot. I have a lot in the bins, and I have a lot that need to have a bin to reside in. Uh, there's a lot on my floor in my office, so um, I need to, to get them up off the floor and filed properly. But, I mean, I would say probably in the neighborhood of five to 600 wow. over the years. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Again, I I'm worried. So is my bank and my wife. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order or in that order. <laughs> Both equally, I think. So uh, when Damien and I go out next, uh, we'll look for you at a show. Because, uh, uh, you know, Damien and I like to hit some live music. But if you could wear the ascot and be carrying your, uh, your uh, uh, NPR uh, mug, if you could, uh, I can then we'll that. know who you are. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Matt, this has been a real treat to uh, to get to know you a little bit more. And uh, again, thank you for putting new music out there into the world so folks can put their ears on it. And so it's very cool. The website, once again, is the-unfamiliar.com. And the first episode is posted now. You can also read the About page to find out about Matt's journey and how his big brother, despite Phil, when he went overseas, putting a big sign on his door that said, Keep out. This means you, Matt. Matt went in and stole all his Husker Du cassettes and uh, listened to them. And, and the, the product of that is what you hear now on The Unfamiliar. Absolutely, for sure, guys. Thanks for having me on, Dave and Damien. I really like what you guys are doing and really appreciate you giving me the time. 97X. On behalf of myself, Ludwig von Beethoven, I'd like to introduce the band. Let's do this. Let's meet the fellas. Let's start over here. He's first on the bassoon and last to pick up the check. Let's hear it from my friend Gregor Lint. Rumblings from the Big Bush.